0: you are listening to satellite sisters i'm leanne dolan i'm in pasadena california this morning it is tuesday september 13th i'm here with my sister julie dolan in dallas texas hey julie good to be with you today leanne happy to be back with you this is fun yeah well when you hear the roundup of stories we have i think it'll be fairly obvious liz isn't on the show (laughs)
1: So, yeah, no,
0: we we got some good segues today, Liam. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, we're bringing it. And We have breaking news, Julie. Breaking news from Dancing with the Stars. We've got to cover. Oh, we love a good bitter business bureau, and Julie has one straight from the pages of Vanity Fair. Yes, uh, I I am going to give you the history of tomato juice and air flight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, see, Liz juice. would never approve that. That would have been rejected as a story idea, Leanne.
0: But I say bring it on, (laughs) okay? (laughs) From, From the world of politics, Julie has a couple of other news stories, including North Korea. And we then, have to talk about them,
1: okay? Uh, that's that's my point. Okay, we'll get to that. And,
0: and we're segueing from North Korea to Bridget Jones and why <laughs> I don't ever, ever want to see her have a baby. Okay. okay. But uh, Julie, rip from the headlines, Ryan Lochte last night. <laughs> I know. I,
1: well, first of all, I have to say I did not see Dancing with the Stars. And the reason I did not watch that is, number one, I don't watch it, but I particularly did not watch it last night because... The former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, is now one of the contestants. And if you live in Texas and you feel positively about Texas, this really hurts, you doesn't, know, because a lot of people, a lot of people make fun of Texas. We have plenty of things to be ridiculed about, you know, which is wrong. But 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 to have their former governor who yeah. was uh, like wanted to be president of the United States, you know, a instead ago, of a year ago, it's kind of like like. <laughs> Going to jail like most ex-governors go do, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Or the Could White House. Just, Those are the two, to, two
1: options. <laughs> right. Couldn't you have just done that? Yeah. That would be less embarrassing <laughs> than to have our, our former governor out there doing twinkle toes. So I did not watch the show, Leon, but I woke up to really just headline news. I mean, it seems to be the only story in the world, despite the fact that we have Uh, You know, serious crises around the world. Yes. Presidential election. But no, it's all about dancing with (laughs) stompers and it's all about
0: Ryan Lochte. Ryan Lochte was rushed on stage uh, by two guys wearing really bogus Ryan Lochte t shirts. As my son said, they should have Ryan Lochte's face on them not his name that is not effective the t-shirts were just said lochte with the circle and the line through it protesting like what i don't know ryan lochte i <laughs> How did they even get in there, Lynn?
1: Were they wearing, were those shirts underneath their yes. clothes? Yes. They must have been underneath their clothes. Okay.
0: Because yes. I have to say, I have been to a taping of Dancing with the Stars with my friend Chris Congdon many years ago. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's a pretty tight security because you are live on camera. There's also a dress code. So you, they, have, they tell you, you have to wear this and that because they want the audience members to look nice because they're on camera so much. So they must have changed right at the end of Ryan Lochte's. Uh, appearance and i i didn't see the show i didn't see all the show live so but i noticed when he was trending on twitter i thought oh god he's dead you know (laughs) what has he done now (laughs) and then then as it started to emerge that protesters i mean really i'm i'm embarrassed for the protesters use your energy somewhere else people don't
1: you think really so many worthwhile causes, <laughs> you know, uh, just anything other than Ryan Lochte. Yeah, but it might, the stunt meter is pretty high on this one, Leah. Yeah, do you I think agree. this, I mean, do you think this was just, uh, a stunt? I mean, they made this up to generate even more publicity for, um, Ryan Lochte. being. Yes, I do. D- I, yeah. I,
0: that would not surprise me if someone, cook this up either on ABC or on his PR team to sort of garner sympathy for Ryan Lochte, because that's what was happening on social media, Julie. It was like, Hey, so he lied. Like he doesn't deserve to be beat up on national TV. <laughs> like the sympathy meter was swinging on Twitter. I know for, I know. for Ryan Lochte that, that, This morning here
1: at Satellite Sisters, we have to defend Ryan Lochte's right to dance on Dancing with the Stars in order to to rehabilitate his image because of some, you know, drunken spree he went on. Uh, It's just the world
0: is upside down, Leanne. It's upside down. down. Well, I tuned it on. It was on freakishly early here on the West Coast. They did it live from 5 to 7 because we had something we haven't had for a while. We had a Monday night football game with a football team from Los Angeles on. The L.A. Rams played last night. <laughs> I just night. heard this, Leanne. Yeah. Again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a huge pro football fan, Um but I thought, well, go get into the team spirit. I'll actually turn on Monday Night Football and, and see the Rams play. Why not? I'll give them a go. And my husband's out of town. So it was really just me watching Monday Night Football. But I turned. <laughs> that so- sounds terrible. Ann. I know. Okay. It's sad. It's a sad, sad life. And um I I tuned it in, and so I only saw Olympic gymnast uh, Lori Hernandez on, but she will win. So there's really, don't feel bad about not watching the rest of the season, because I'm just going to announce the winner here. It's her. She's going to win. I mean, she was fantastic, and of course, she's fantastic. She won a gold medal like 12 minutes ago uh, in one of the most demanding sports on the face of the planet. So, in terms of, Body and precision and everything. She wins. Don't worry, Julie. You don't have to watch the rest. Okay. That's good. I feel good governor. that
1: she will get the spinning yeah. disc ball. That yeah. seems appropriate. Yeah. Okay. She will
0: win, uh, but I think this assures that Ryan Lochte will at least ride that sympathy vote uh, oh, for a couple oh, of God. rounds. So. Okay. Ryan, Ryan Lochte. I mean... What the heck? Okay. okay, I know. We can only
1: hope that there's going to be an early out for um, our ex-governor there, um, Rick Perry. Please, just please, you know.
0: It's- you know, here's what I—I I didn't see him, so we can look this up uh, afterwards. But I assume that Rick Perry dances a lot like our dad, Jim Dolan. That there's <laughs> a lot of foot shuffling, but imprecise <laughs> movement. Is there, just shuffling <laughs> around on the dance floor? With a big smile on you, that's that was dad's style, it worked. He's,
1: he was selling it, even though I had no idea how to do it. No dance.
0: idea, he was selling it. It was like this weekend, I was also reminded of the expression our mother used every time she was exhausted from something or tired, she yeah. would say she was bow legged, and <laughs> I realized, Oh, that's what Hillary was, she's just bow legged. <laughs> <laughs> finally that, knows what that means.
1: that is exactly
0: that that best
1: describes the level. Yeah.
0: So, totally now, bow-legged. I know I
1: know this is sort of, uh, the one thing, I wish Hillary well. I hope she makes a speedy recovery. I've had walking pneumonia. You feel terrible. I think you have had it uh, too. I Lynn. haven't.
0: Liz had it. Remember, Liz, Liz had a oh, b- bunch of bouts last uh, last couple of years. Terrible.
1: It's terrible. It, it, it does leave you bow legged. <laughs> the only thing is I just didn't like it that she was shaking and hugging all those people's hands. Now, I know right. the doctors have said that she was on antibiotics, so she's, uh, she wasn't that contagious. But really... Really? Really? That's that part. Oh, I was not happy about that. So, okay. All right. Well, Leanne, I wanted to bring to you uh, one of our signature um, uh, segments. That is the Bitter Business Bureau, where uh, you and I in particular, although sometimes Liz does participate in this, that we just um, discuss discuss how bitter we are when people, particularly young people in Silicon Valley, have these enormous success, you know? (laughs) Yes. Isn't that?
0: That sums it up. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's it up. So, uh this is I have a bitter business bureau story for you, but it has a twist. Um and it um I've been fo- tracking this story. Um it's been on my bit o meter, if I can call it that, that I have been tracking this um young CEO because she has just been all over the place and now Vanity Fair magazine has a story about um, actually it's about the wall street journals investigation of the once lauded, uh, biotech startup called Theranos. And, um, the, the CEO of Theranos is a woman named Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. And uh, I saw her
0: speak know, once at a tech conference, like five years ago. Of course. Yeah. And she was dazzling. No doubt. She was right. dazzling. She was dazzling. She's great. Okay. Hair. She just, her hair was great hair. <laughs> I know. Really nice. I know. I'm...
1: So right. Elizabeth Holmes, she's a beautiful, tall, she's blonde. She drops out of Stanford at 19 years old, Liam, okay, yes. to start her own blood testing company that claims that it can do all, it's, the name of her device is called the Edison, and it claims that it can do all the analysis, blood analysis, from a single prick of blood that you normally would have to do giving multiple vials of blood. And that if this is true, it's really going to revolutionize how we're able to track and monitor and diagnose, you know, a range of diseases because it would be so much easier with just a single prick. Just believe think about it.
0: me, I, I went to have my blood tested last week, vials and vials of blood. She yeah. said, oh, wow, yes. you're really, this is a lot. And as soon as she said that I started to feel bad. And the minute it was done, I had to lay down. I <laughs> had to lay down. I was bow-legged. I was bow-legged.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, that's what Elizabeth Holmes, she wanted to change the world. But beyond having, you know, being smart and having this great idea and and all of that, she also sort of um, followed in Steve Jobs' um, footsteps. Like, she developed this signature to style where she only wore black turtlenecks and a, uh, you would like this, Leon? and a black puffy vest. Yeah, That's, no, I. <laughs> she wore, and then she had the messy blonde hair that she wore up in a bl- bun and big red lips, lipstick. So, um, so that was her signature t- style. And sometimes, because she was working in Silicon Valley and sometimes it's warm there, that she would make sure in the office, she kept the office temperature at 60 degrees so that she could pull off wearing the puffy vest every single day. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's an important oh, yeah. business detail that is that is it and then and
1: just like Steve Jobs, she only drank juices, she drank multiple juices at very specific times, so she had this whole whole aura around her okay now i've been bitter about her because her company was valued at nine billion dollars with a B, and that her self worth You know, her personal wealth was valued at $4 billion. She was considered the youngest self-made female billionaire at uh, 32 years old. Yeah. Okay. And she's been everywhere, Leanne. You know, Charlie Rose has had her on, Fortune, Forbes. She's been, just as you said, she's been the keynote speakers. She's been on TV shows. Okay. And she has this company and um, she puts together like an incredible Board of directors. Okay. She has 12 old white men on her board of directors for this company, Theranos, including Henry Kissinger, okay, Secretary of State George Shultz, uh, former senator from Georgia Sam Nunn. Uh, William Perry, former defense secretary. Okay, so just these total stars and to get with this young startup company. I mean, she hasn't even graduated from college. She doesn't even have a chemistry degree, Leanne. Okay, but she is out there selling it. And uh, it is interesting to note that none of those people I just mentioned, Hank Kissinger, George Schultz, Sam Nunn, William Perry, they don't really know anything about blood testing or medical (laughs) stuff. Just just a little FYI yeah okay. where's dr oz on her- <laughs> no he's He's not on. She did have Dr. Frist, former senator, um, on on, on, as well. So she had a couple. But it's but she she so she created this whole thing and she was the darling of Silicon Valley. But at the same time, Steve Jobs is her idol. She adopted many of the same policies, internal policies as Steve Jobs, that Theranos was very secretive, that she forbade employees from communicating with each other about what they were working on for example here at satellite sisters i would not be allowed to ask you know hey Lian, well how's the how's the book going or uh what are you working on you can't they they were not allowed to do that she was a giant micromanager she approved everything from top to bottom and that nobody really knew what you know what they were working on so uh so it's so it's all seeming very good and she had this this you know, this glowing um, uh, story about her in the New Yorker magazine. But there was there's a kind of a curmudgeon medical reporter, a guy named Cario at Wall Street Journal. And he read this article in the New Yorker magazine zine. And it sort of struck something didn't sound right to him because she was explaining how this whole Edison process works, how they take the one uh, prick of blood and then they're able to do the whole panel of blood tests. And her answer that is in the New Yorker article is something, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's not too far from <laughs> it. So just stick with me. She uh-huh. said, well, it's a chemical reaction that happens when you have chemicals reacting in chemistry. I mean, she said something that didn't, that, well, th- that, uh, you know, that sort of sparked curiosity with this medical reporter because it didn't seem clear to him. Right. Like, he, she could not e- actually explain what was going on
0: like now, hocus adding, pocus. Yes, it was a little hocus pocus there.
1: <laughs> oh, also, yeah. they were there was there were no outside scientists that could vouch for the um the theranos um uh, technology. There was no peer review process. A lot of times in science they, you know, do peer reviews of all their medical studies. None of that was happening. Oh. So, you know, he started digging into this and he thought it was really strange. And in the meantime, she is at Elizabeth Holmes and her hair and her puffy vest and her red lips. She's out there and she is promising a lot, okay? She has hired as her chief scientist some two, super credible guy, this young guy, Ian Gibbons from Cambridge. And, you know, he comes on, he comes on board and he's made chief scientist and he's trying to prove that her, you know, that her Edison machine works and he's having trouble replicating or like making it work at all but
0: in the mean this is Isn't not so shocking that people yes. would have just handed her lots and lots of money nine billion dollars without didn't she have right. big government contracts and stuff she too?
1: Big, she had a big government contract yeah. with the department of defense yeah she had, and she had all kind of alliances with walgreens okay and no and one they, ever
0: really saw the thing work
1: No one saw the thing worked well. And the pressure kept building. In fact, um, Ian Gibbons, who, you know, he kept saying to her, I guess that he couldn't he couldn't do it. He couldn't, you know, it sounded like it would work in theory, but he couldn't make it work on a practical basis. And so uh, she wanted to have a conference with um, this chief scientist. Well, he was so upset about and, uh, you know, about the research not working out that he actually killed himself. He committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, (laughs) I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: So, but in the meantime, so he commits suicide. She sort of mentions, she, she doesn't make any public statement about that. She is actually like, she has, she has like sold a deal where Jennifer Lawrence, who is perfectly cast, I would say, was going to be the star of her movie about Elizabeth Holmes. And then with the name of the movie it was going to be Bad Blood. So they they were, you know, she was just moving ahead with all this marketing and stuff. But in the meantime, the Wall Street Journal guy kept digging and digging and digging. And this is where investigative reporting, you know, you just it's right. It really is amazing. And he releases a series these of devastating articles about Theranos that they have actually falsified all their results that, in fact, you know, even in some of the studies they did, they weren't just taking a prick of blood. They were taking vials of blood and doing the blood analysis the old-fashioned way. Oh. So now she has a heap load of trouble. So she has been... You know, she has the SEC has come down after her. The Department of Justice has come after her. The FBI is coming after her. Board members have resigned. And she has actually been banned from owning or running a medical lab for the next two years, which doesn't seem like that much of a problem for her. But her net worth, Lynn, uh, here's the twist for the Bitter Business Bureau, has gone from $4 billion to zero. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So this is I, I'm so sort of at least this she's is.
0: paying a price as opposed Jeez. to that woman from Wells Fargo who Jeez. authorized all those fake accounts and everything. You know, she's leaving with one hundred and twenty three million dollars.
1: I'm better about that. Liam, okay. too. Yeah, we will do, we will do that. But I just want, this is a, this is a great article in Vanity Fair. You know, you can then go back and read the wall street journal articles if you want, but it's just a fascinating sort of fall from grace, how she, you know, was in that rarefied atmosphere, the top female star in, in Silicon Valley. And, but nobody, you know, she was, it was like the emperor's um, clothes that nobody, actually could could see any of the uh, any of her work um uh, being done hmm. so all
0: right i have i found the link so i'll put i'll put that at satellite com, a link to the vanity fair article that looks good all right yes. Julie. so it looks there's it's it's if you if you if you want to get bitter and then be happy this is the article <laughs> for you <laughs> okay. thank you well julie i have a feel-good article and it's about tomato juice okay <laughs> <laughs> there was a, an op-ed piece in the in the LA Times this weekend um, written by a science writer and a contributing editor at, Say, at Slate, Daniel Egber, and it's about why we love tomato juice in flight. Are you one of those people that orders tomato juice or Bloody Mary mix in flight, Julie? Yes. yes
1: yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, why is it, Leanne? It, what, once well, I, there I are think a couple it has reasons. something to do with altitude. It
0: yeah. does. About, in 2010, Lufthansa uh, uh, Airlines commissioned a study about why do we sell more more tomato juice in flight than beer. That was the question they wanted to know. And the study revealed that there is something that throws off your taste buds at altitude, that you feel uh, you like the salty sweet stuff and you like that umami flavoring, you know, that sense of taste, that sort of savory beef flavoring the Japanese call umami. Like that's the sweet spot when you're in flight. So even if you don't drink tomato juice at all on the ground, at altitude, your taste buds love tomato juice. It's also why they sell honey roasted nuts. It's the same. It is <laughs> the same reason why those taste so fantastic in flight. And, and then uh, you get a.
1: Then they're both so salty. You get off the plane and you're all puffy and you can't bloated. You can put your shoes on.
0: I know. You know, <laughs> know. you're I not supposed said, I've to. Never. And please don't let me ever ever do that again. Okay. <laughs> But, yeah. And then and then the next time you're like, you hear someone order the Bloody Mary mix, you're like, okay, I'll have the Bloody Mary mix, even though you know it's going to be wrong. All right. So that was the kind of science. The science writer looked at this and said, okay, that sort of makes sense. But is there any other reason? Like, why did they even start having tomato juice on on flights?
1: Because it seems messy. Like, I mean, you know, it's it, it, if you spill it, you're in
0: trouble, right? So, so this writer looked into the history of tomato juice. Uh, they rarely started making it until the 20s, Julie, okay? Uh, but a pair of Indiana brothers repurposed a machine for making ice cream so they could turn tomato pulp into this thick, palatable beverage. And the Heinz Company and the Campbell Soup Company adapted the idea and started mass-producing tomato juice. And then someone got really smart and created the Bloody Mary cocktail. But it was right as C- Prohibition was ending. And so mm-hmm. once Prohibition ended, the Bloody Mary cocktail became a huge hit. And they sold over 8 million tom- cans of tomato juice in 1930s just as the rise of commercial aviation started. Uh So with the first, you didn't actually get meals in your planes till 1927. Okay. Which I think some (laughs) of the meals we eat in our planes were loaded on in 1927. (laughs) So, but I think had a couple other concerns in 1927 about flying (laughs) rather than eating. So, so they would start, you know, all of a sudden tomato juice is popular. They're putting it on the planes and guess what, Julie? Guess who loved tomato juice so much when she flew? Uh, Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. She was a huge tomato juice fan. She said uh, all the times in radio programs and things like this, tomato juice is my favorite working beverage and food too. That's a quote from Amelia Earhart. So they think, and then she listed the other things she brings. It was like hard boiled eggs, raisins, chocolate, and tomato juice. That's what she, back on her (laughs) flights. So- He sort of points to this two thing like, yes, your taste buds are mixed up, but also the rise of tomato juice and commercial aviation were at the same time. And they had the ultimate spokesperson, Amelia Earhart. So yeah. there you go. There you go. So when you order the tomato juice now, you know it's like a sense of history. It's connecting you to Amelia. I think it's nice. I think that's good. <laughs> there you go. I know. All right, Lee, and that's very. That's that's news we can use. You can definitely. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely tell your seatmate. You know. Oh yeah. When they order <laughs> tomato juice, just lay that on them. Yeah. You're gonna wow them. You're just gonna yeah. wow them. Well, I have a little
1: science story for you, Liam, because I because I know you're hard at work every day using your brain. And this was a story I saw about about your brain. Did you know that a, a busy brain can mean a hungry body? That when you are really focused on a mental activity, such as writing, which you do a lot of, Liz, mm-hmm. uh, Liam, you um, many people seek food right after some really intense mental activity. Does that, does that happen?
0: Well, yeah, I thought it was just, I mean, I seek food often, whether I'm, (laughs) I mean. (laughs) For any reason. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a distraction tool. It's procrastination. It's right downstairs. It's calling to me right now. But I would buy, this makes me feel better, Julie. Carry on. Well, this, I think you'd like this
1: because heavy bouts of thinking drain energy from your brain. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm, that yeah. you're there trying to work out the ending of your book or whatever, you know. So you're really working on it. So that is draining energy from your brain. So your brain, being as smart as it is, thinks you need more fuel because, because it can sense that the energy is being drained. So it sends the hunger signal to your stomach. That's what it does. So you're mm. sitting there at your desk and you know, you've just studied for a test or, you know, you've, you know, written, written, whatever now, you know, now you're hungry. Okay. You're getting those hunger signals. And so but but you haven't really done any exercise Liam and you really don't deserve to eat anything it's just your brain's been doing all the activity but that's but you don't know that you're just getting the hunger sig- signals because your brain has sent them so they some researchers think that this may account for why they see a big weight gain in college students you know the freshman 10 freshman 15 that they're you know they're in this intense brain activity during the week at school. And then when they're, you know, when they take breaks, they're getting these false hunger signals and that's their order ordering the pizzas. Oh. So they, you see this. So they wanted to see if they could figure out if, is there some other alternative? Like when you're getting this hunger signal, is there something else you can do to sort of reset your brain after periods of intense focused mental activity? And so they did this test and, uh, you know, of exercise and they find if you do some intensive exercise right after you've done this focused mental activity, that, that, that actually reduces the urge to overeat
0: because (laughs) I, you're not buying this because. No, I totally buy it. Yes, of course you should exercise. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, isn't that the answer to everything? I mean, yes, oh, yes, you know what? I could have a pizza, or I could do some intense physical activity. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Carry on. This is okay. It is okay. interesting. You know, it's a strategy. I'm not. It's sure a strategy. I can it's because
1: the intense exercise that's going to raise the your blood sugar and the lactate that you get from exercise, and that's going to help your exhausted brain recover and re- reduce the need to overeat. So. But you're right. But if you don't want to exercise, then that's, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's it. Then you just have to go back to the refrigerator.
0: But that's the problem. I have to pass the refrigerator before I exit the house to exercise. But no, it's it's, something to think about, Julie. It is. It is. I think it's
1: something, I mean, just to be conscious of it. Next time you're engaged in an intense uh, mental activity, See if you're getting some hunger signals afterwards and uh, tell your brain to stop it. That's what you need to do. Okay. Sometimes
0: I get really tired, which is unusual for me. Like if I yeah. write a very intense morning of writing, I actually lie down, which I okay. never do. I am not a napper. So something's happening. There is a connection between hard work for me and, and that only happens with fiction. It's not, you know... Not that I'm not working hard right now, but I won't need to go take a nap after this. But I, I do fine. Like sometimes, if I'm working through a particularly tough scene, or you know, been working long hours writing, I do have to lie down. So I guess that's better than eating too. But okay, <laughs> exercise is the answer. Thank you. Okay, 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 I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I'm know trying. You are. I thought I of you. I, I thought it's so good. much. It's that. good. It's good to be aware. It's good to be aware.
1: Okay, so let's let's take and take you out of out of your world. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, and beyond the world of Ryan Lochte to what's really happening in the world. Did you happen to notice that this past week there was the fifth nuclear test in North Korea? I did, did you see notice. it? Was I find it was, that I, very disturbing. This was the number five. It was large enough that it created an earthquake earthquakes in uh, South Korea that were five point six on the Richter scale. And as um, an earthquake survivor like yourself, you know, that's that's something. Yeah, that's big. That's big test if they can create that kind of reaction. And, you know, this is something that is not new to Satellite Sisters. We've been talking about North Korea (laughs) since I went on that crazy trip uh, five, five, five years ago where I actually went. To North Korea. But what is interesting is the escalation of aggression, that the threats of war, the occasional attacks on South Korea, the heightened aggression towards the United States. You know, I, I, I really don't think we can dismiss this country anymore as just some crazy state, you know, with some crazy leaders. You know, this is now I think they've gotten I think they're getting a lot of people's attention with this fifth nuclear test. I know today that we actually have jet fighters that are like, you know, flying up and down the the Korean coast um, because of this Um that but when you go there when you go to North Korea one of the things that you 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 just almost can't believe it but they are in a constant state of war you know everywhere you go it's just propaganda it's propaganda about the enemy about the united states about the you know this aggressive united states it's about reunifying south korea it's about the aggressions from the south and they do this to focus on the enemy. I mean, you know, it's not a crazy state. It's they are very deliberate in the way that they have put this together. I mean, it did sort of start, the country sort of started as a Cold War pawn, you know, between the U.S. and Russia. And Russia used North Korea uh, to antagonize the U.S. But now that Russia is not much of a player with North Korea, now this is North Korea kind of doing this all on its own, perhaps with the help of Iran. But they do it in order to take away from the domestic issues there, which are, You know, even though they try to only show you the good stuff when you go to North Korea, there is no good stuff in North Korea land. You know, Mm -hmm. it's quite obvious the crushing poverty, the lack of food, the totalitarian government. I mean, Kim Jong-un recently um, uh, just
0: killed, uh, you know, one of the one of the members of his Politburo with a machine gun. Did you see that? I know. And he banned satire last week because people were making fun of him. So... He's like third generation crazy, right? Yes, so that's the yes. problem. He's so far removed from the real world that I, I agree. I think that was very dangerous. It got my attention. I said to my husband, I'd be very nervous if I was, I don't know, Japan, China. Yes. Those yes. countries should Japan be very has, nervous. has sounded the alarm.
1: South Korea has sounded the alarm. But it's, it's this crazy state that he has, you know, where you go there and – Everything's like a throwback to the 1950s, the technology you know, there aren't any cars there. He banned cars because his father thought that, you know, they might fall off. You know, they're you know, they're too dangerous and they don't want them to ride bicycles because they thought they might fall off their bicycles. You know, you go there and it's so weird. But at the same time. That, you know they're they're a they're a surviving state they've they've managed to make themselves a world player, and they're going to have a nuclear bomb right i yeah. mean and that's you know and that's so they they have to keep these conditions of like a war is imminent, and that's when you go there you know they they feel that way they don't i mean the young children did not want to make eye contact with, uh, with us Westerners, because I think they've been told by their parents that we're the enemy and that we're the devils and we're going to kill them. So, you know, I think that it was so odd when we went to go see some children in a school is that they did not make contact at all, but it's because of this, you know, propaganda and this constant state of war that they're in there. But it's, um, it's a serious problem and I don't think any of the leaders have the answer to how to stop their uh their nuclear development or these these aggressive acts you know hmm. uh and you know it's Clearly, you know, their military is well, behind. you know, I mean, again, it's so backward there, you know, uh, that, uh, yes, could could the United States, if it wanted to do something aggressive militarily, could could it beat North Korea? Yes, but they they might, you know, they might just launch their nuclear weapons then. So then then where are we? You know, I mean, that's that's all they have is, you know, a nuclear bomb. But they're right. going to have a nuclear bomb. So that is um, just, uh, just what I, I've been. It's been on my radar. Keep radar, your so eye just, on it.
0: Just keep yeah. your eye on it.
1: I know you're working on tomato juice, but <laughs> I, I, I
0: just have my eyes on North Korea. So well, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, there are a lot of serious things going on in the world. So maybe we could talk about something other than Ryan Lochte occasionally. <laughs> Yeah. I mean actual journalists not yeah. us. We we can talk about Ryan Lochte. No one's relying on us for information. But uh, all their But we we've,
1: we've seen so many comical things, so many right. inexplicably weird things coming out of this country that I think it's it's almost you you know you can't reconcile with that where indeed they have developed, you know, they could be as dangerous to the United States, certainly, you know, more dangerous to South Korea and Japan than, you know, than Iran or, you know, some other terrorist state. So it's just a very, you know, they're crazy, serious, you know, terrorists there. So that's... It's a bad situation.
0: One of the women I met last year who was named the, one of the International Women of Courage, you know, I work on that, uh, that program with the State Department. She uh, was a barrister in Bangladesh, and she tried lots and lots of human rights cases there. And she's just been named by the UN Human Rights Council to go to North Korea to examine their human rights activities or lack thereof and she's going to present uh in march of 2017 to the human rights council at the un but so you know other people are keeping an eye on north korea too from various points of view but it's easy to dismiss it because he's so wacky with the hair and the banning satire but he's got a nuclear bomb so it's yeah. not funny not funny yeah. at all all right you know what else isn't funny julie bridget jones having a baby <laughs> <laughs> That's what funny. do you mean Lynn? what do you mean okay have you seen the previews for the new mo- movie coming yes, out? Yes.
1: Yes. I why why did they ruin the perfectly I mean, do we did we need this sequel? I don't know. I I I can't figure out does that mean she broke up with Colin Firth? Or, you know, I know Dr. McDreamy's in the movie too. I don't understand.
0: Here, what's here's going the thing. On. For me, Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones's diary is a book. You know, they made some movies from it. I didn't really enjoy the movies, mainly because they starred Renee Zellweger with the terrible accent, and she never brushed her hair in, like, three movies. <laughs> I just really objected to the idea that just because a woman was a few pounds overweight, it also meant that she stopped combing her hair. I did not understand that. But the Bridget Jones in the book is exquisite, and it came mm-hmm. to me at a time in my life in the late 90s. When I was like a single girl living an imperfect Bridget Jones life, but my friends weren't quite as funny and we didn't drink as much and I didn't smoke, but I urge you, instead of going to see this movie where she has a baby, and let's face it, Bridget Jones is old now. She's my age. (laughs) Okay? Right. She's my age. She's like 50. Okay. She shouldn't... Yuck. No one wants to see her have a baby. I I encourage you, just go back to the original book. I have a small section of books that I keep on my desk all the time. You will have forgotten how flat-out hilarious that book is, how funny the writing in that book is, and how sharp the writing in that book is, and how lovable she is as a character, and her friends are funny and sharp. And, like, I want to leave her like that. You know, she doesn't need to go on. I didn't want the second book... And then there was a third Helen Fielding book, which was totally different than this movie. In the third Bridget Jones book, you know, Darcy is dead and Bridget starts dating a much younger man. And that was disappointing. Just stop. Just leave Bridget as like the imperfect 20 something girl. I want to know that she's out there. You know what I mean? The older I get, the more I need Bridget Jones. (laughs) Why is she having a baby? I don't want to see that. I, know, I, I mean who would believe no one believes that those yeah. are <laughs> i mean i love colin firth so even colin Firth's baby still i don't want to see that julie i'm sorry i don't know what to do i will probably be drawn to the movie even though i've always objected to the casting of and the hairstyling of renee Zellweger in those <laughs> movies okay i feel very strongly about that yeah just because yeah. a woman has an extra few pounds on her doesn't mean she doesn't brush her hair and why do they have her falling down all the time like do you know a lot of grown women that fall down julie (laughs) having flat on their faces time and time and time again but that's i guess how they you know they want to communicate wacky but if you read the original book and if you haven't read it in a while just pick it up put it on your kindle it is so sharp and so funny so do that. Do that instead okay. All of All right, Leanne, I think
1: that's wise advice. I mean, I mean it is a movie that they're targeting that you would be the right. per- you know, you're I'm the movie to girl.
0: go. I'm so because she's my hero, Bridget Jones, but I don't yes. want to see her have a baby at 50.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That was I not just... a good idea. It's not a good idea. The whole
0: <laughs> to have a baby at 50. No. I don't I mean the sort of who's kidding who like it's really hard to get pregnant at like 50. It doesn't Yeah. I don't I mean I in the whole like I feel like we've seen every joke in the previews. Like yeah. they've really, like, I think that's going to be it for the movie. Cause it's pretty thin premise, you know? So yeah. Oh gosh. And it's a whole cast of fantastic actors. And I just, I'm just going to reread the book again. That's what I'm going okay, to that do. That's a good
1: silent protest. <laughs> yes. I think
0: that's, I want to see her a baby. Fun. She's, I don't want to see that. Uh, just to remind your DVR set, we will be coming back with pull dark and handsome, our recap <laughs> of the, uh, masterpiece. Uh, theater series Paul Dark that starts Sunday, September twenty fifth, and then we got Madam Secretary uh, going really head to head with Paul Dark the following the following week, October second. So Julie, now we're going to try to do both series again. We're going to see how this I works. I know. Back in training, Leanne. Do you have your blouses out? <laughs> You're just ready to go. I am ready to go. I'm ready to go. So uh, also, I want to follow up. You know, many opinions on bathrobes. Last week I mentioned <laughs> I was getting my college age son a bathrobe. I thought it would be appropriate when he was sharing a bathroom with women, which he's never done in his whole life, uh, to, to wear a bathrobe to and from the bathroom. And we, I think it was a split decision. Uh, clearly, for me, people who love bathrobes love bathrobes. And people mm-hmm. who don't love bathrobes don't love bathrobes. There, no one wrote in on the Facebook page and said, yeah, occasionally I wear a bathrobe. It was like, I love my bathrobe or I wear a sweat." I wear a hoodie. You know, there was yeah. no there was no middle ground, but I can tell you Julie, that bathrobe came yesterday from yes. the ll bean company it's a nice bathrobe i mean oh it's it's the flannel on the outside the fleece on the inside it's gonna be Ooh, awesome. Liam, yeah. nice
1: will <laughs> be good for those cold damp rainy yeah. days um in the northwest yeah and has yeah. he tried it on yet or no No.
0: you know here's the thing um I, you know you've had boys go to college so you know yeah. they're just there is i can't get anything out of them like first <laughs> No, I know. I I mean, I, so it's killing me. It's killing me. Like I'm trying so hard not to bug him. It's been the longest summer because he's been off since Memorial day weekend and the quarter And it's now the middle of September. It's the middle of September. Now it's fully the fall and I'm going nuts. And you know, now you have no, I have no access to the information. It all goes to him and to his email account. And Mm. I keep saying things like, have you gotten any information about check in No, and I, I know that's not true, Julie. I know Uh it's not. Uh He just won't check his email or information. Oh, I haven't read it yet. Really? Could you? What else are you doing? You're literally doing nothing else. Could you just click on that? Like, when should we arrive? Where should we go? Just, I I know it's in there, Julie. I know. I know. I know. But this is this is it. This is the beginning
1: of the end. The separation. It's just, uh, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's an adult now the, yeah. and they're, and the college is treating him like an adult and it's up to him to share. And right. apparently he's not he's sharing. He's not
0: sharing. So, no. I mean, I know we're supposed to show up next Tuesday, but after that, I, I don't, I mean, I've searched the website for things, but I feel like there must be secret information going to his email. <laughs> That he's yes, that's good. Reading you could
1: sharing. try to crack into there, but I think
0: you could, oh, tell I've tried. <laughs> oh, I've tried. I've tried.
1: <laughs> that, you know, if he's, you know, he's not sharing that information, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't want to share the tuition bill with you either. So there, that, that you could take, you could take that line. I, right? I, I trying not think to, go really want to go there. Go yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. You want this to be a, ha- yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So but that's the reality. Right.
0: Right. So that's it. So we leave, uh, he, we leave on Sunday to drive him up to, uh, the Pacific Northwest. That's why I won't be on the show next week, but, uh, cause it is drop off day at some point. I guess something happens after we drop him off at college. I don't know. Just drive by, throw the bathrobe out the
1: window and he can roll out of the car. You're set.
0: Anyway, that's it. And what do you do? You're going to family this wedding. Fam- Family wedding this weekend.
1: Um, This is going to be very nice. This is one of our second cousins that's getting married. We have a small representation of Dolan's, but I think it's going to be a, a, a strong group. Liz is going to be there. My husband and I are going. And our oldest brother, Jim, and his wife, Mary, are going. So we will be extending our, you know... Our, you know, wedding wishes to the happy couple uh, on behalf of all of the Dolans. Uh, so, uh, but you know, made the effort, Le- uh, Leanne. I mean, I know you couldn't because of the conflict there with with that. But I just felt like this was going. This was an important wedding to attend. I mean, that because we have such a large family, that uh, normally when it comes to weddings, the cousins would not be invited. Right. I mean, it's just too many of us. Yeah, there our- are. Right. To, you invite one. You got to invite. You know, you're up to like 25 people. So, so uh, we we rarely, you know, for and and that's understood. I mean, you just you have to leave room for other wedding guests it can't be all family right so so but when i got the invitation i thought we made the cut this time so <laughs> so, <laughs> so this may be the only time for this generation i mean yeah. honestly for this generation that we you know that we would be included so that's we're making the effort to go and i'm looking forward to it
0: great all right well safe travels hopefully you'll yes. see some nice fall color there because it's sort of – it's in the Berkshires, right? Right. We're going to the
1: Berkshires, so that would be nice. Maybe not too much fall color, Leanne, because I'm, I'm not dressed for that, but um, <laughs> that. just a touch. Just a touch of fall color would be fine.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else, Julie? Anything else before we go?
1: No. I think, I think that's it, Liam. Okay. I think that's our whole show. We, we, did, we did quite a bit, Leanne. We really Ryan did. Ryan Lochte, tomato juice,
0: North Korea. <laughs> Check. I mean, those are you're gonna get a lot to talk about at the wedding. You gotta yeah. you're gonna run through all those topics. I just, know. Yeah. I, I'm
1: I'm getting on the plane, I'm telling people about Amelia Earhart and the <laughs> tomato juice. I'm gonna make
0: some new friends, Leon. There you go. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com if you're looking for the articles we reference. We try to put links there every time if we can. Uh, lots of information there. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a page. You can like Satellite Sisters. or You can join our group, The Satellite Sisters. That's a group, The Satellite Sisters. All right, Julie, have a fantastic week. Safe travels. Oh, Leon, safe travels to you, too. Thank you. Uh, don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.